Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The Chat Podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to The Chat. The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available through iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Sharon Maurer. Sharon is a wife, mother, and a great-grandmother. She also previously worked in a dermatologist office here in Columbus, Indiana, for 33 years. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome to the chat, Sharon. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm here today with Sharon Maurer. Uh, Sharon uh, lives here in Columbus, has for many years, and she's worked many, well, 33 years in a dermatologist office here. And so it's so good to have you today. I've been looking forward to this. Well, I have too. It's a delight to be here. Will you tell us about your family? I'm the mother of two grown children, uh, a son and a daughter, and I have six grandchildren and two great-grandchildren whom I adore. Can you tell us about your work? I know you've said that you worked for a dermatologist for many years. Uh, tell us about that. Well, I actually, I worked at the hospital for 14 years before I went to the dermatology office, and I wanted weekends and holidays off, so I went to a dermatology office. They just became my family. I mean, we were there so long that we just, and you'd be surprised at what a ministry you can have in an office because people don't like to go to the doctor. They're frightened from a diagnosis they might get. Well, you know, do I have skin cancer or what? So it was an opportunity to also be a witness for him. Will you tell us about your relationship with Jesus? Can you give us your testimony? The earliest memory I have of anything to do with the Bible or or Christ was my grandmother read me the story of Adam and Eve when I was about five and that left a deep impression on me and I was really curious and I wanted to do more and the strange thing about that was she wasn't even a Christian she didn't go to church she didn't have anything to do with Christianity but she read me that story my family was not Christian so wherever I lived I would walk to the nearest church if I lived by Methodist I was Methodist if I lived by a Baptist I was Baptist and during this one particular fall, I was going to a Christian church. So for the Sunday night service, I was about 9 or 10, 
I walked to the church. And when I got there, there was nobody there but the pastor. And, I, and he explained to me, he said, well, Sharon, um, there's been a time change. Well, a 9- or 10-year-old, I didn't pay attention to a time change. And he said, I really need to go home and get my family. Will you be okay if I leave you here? And I thought, uh, no. But I told him, yes, I'll be okay. Well, as soon as he left, I was scared to death. But I remembered in the sanctuary, there was a picture to the left of Christ praying at Gethsemane. And to a nine-year-old, I can remember that picture being huge. I want to go back there someday and see if it really is as big as I thought it was. But I went down front and I prayed and I, I just knelt by it and said, Jesus, I've learned in Sunday school that you're the comforter and you'll take care of us. I'm scared. I need you to be with me, by me, help me. And he did. And I was comforted. But then I became a teenager. And you know how teenagers are. I was saved, but he wasn't the Lord of my life. So I later on went to a Billy Graham crusade with my youth group. And I went forward. He always played just as I am. I went forward. And God has had his hand on me ever since. What a precious story that is, Sharon. Will you tell us what your relationship is like with him today? Well, I personally think as you get older, you have more time, you're not working, your kids are gone, and my relationship with today is different. It's always been close, but it's different today. I wake up with him, I start with thanksgiving and praise, and even if I've had a bad day the day before, like the song says, you can praise the hurt away. So you just need to start praising. He's my companion during, during the day. And I, my husband got me an Apple Watch for my birthday, and I love it because it, I put the U version of the Bible on it, and it tells me in the morning, pray. At noon, it plays church bells, and it says pray. At night, it says pray. So it's just a constant reminder of, of him being with me. And my husband is a Christian, so he supports my relationship with Jesus, so it makes it much easier for us just to share that and for him to help me every single day. Very good. That's that's good to hear that your spouse is also a follower of Christ. Well, God has God given you a passion for anything? When we come to know him, at some point he reveals to us, he helps us to see something that is really interesting to us, or somehow he gets our hearts turned in a particular direction so that we can have a passion we can make a difference has god given you a passion he has actually a couple he's given me the passion to be a witness for him and to try to lead others to christ and to also have a deeper personal relationship with him one thing that my family started a few years ago is when we go to a restaurant and you know when the server comes over we'll say to the server we're going to say grace here in a few minutes. Is there something we can pray for you about? And I think in the years we've been doing it, only twice does somebody say, no, I don't need you to pray. And it can be as simple as one time a teenager said, well, would you pray for me to get bigger tips? And we did because they asked us to. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. last week someone said, would you pray for salvation? Mm. Now, it, it's been such a... A wonderful blessing to our family to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a cool passion to be a witness for Christ. And another passion, one of the biggest passions I have right now is my grandchildren. My husband and I think that it's our responsibility to um, encourage them, pray for them, support them, 
So even to the point I told my grandson that I'd been asked to be on the chat, and he said, I said, well, Josh, just pray about that for me. And he goes, Grandma, why would you not? So that was just confirmation. And then the next week, my granddaughter called me and said, uh, Grandma, how can I pray for you this week? So the biggest blessing of this is the heritage of our faith being carried to our grandchildren. I mean, that's to have that patience and that God answer that patient is amazing. To know that your ch- grandchildren even are concerned about you and serving Christ because of your testimony. Is there an area or two in your life where God is working on you or in you to make you more like Jesus? Uh, Yes, I hope he doesn't quit working on me. Um, Right now, I think he's teaching me to love more unconditionally, to don't keep track. Us old people have some kind of a rule that you keep track of wrongs. So I... He's working on me not to do that. And remember when we used to have the WWJ bracelets? That was popular. And that kept me on track because every once in a while I would do something and I looked down and I thought, oh, no, that's not what Jesus would do. So I don't know why we don't wear them anymore. It's just not the thing right now. But um, another thing that my husband and I do, to, and we think is we're trying to be more like Jesus, is we... Any our family members or our small group or our neighbors, if it's their birthday or anniversary, we'll call them and we'll sing to them. Now, it's a blessing to us. I don't know how much of a blessing it is to them because neither one of us can carry a tune, <laughs> but they get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> well, like their chat's theme song says, Stepping Out of the Boat, it's a song about us stepping out of the boat so that God can stretch us in areas where he wants our faith and trust in him to grow. Can you remember a time when you were asked to get out of the boat and just simply trust God and what he wanted you to do? Yes, he's asked us to step out of the boat several times, but one thing in particular that comes to my mind is my daughter was a senior in high school and my son was in eighth grade, and um, an organization came with to us and ask us if we would host a Chinese teacher. But they said, we need to let you know that he is a communist. And I thought, no, I'm not going to invite a communist into our home. But we told them that we pray about everything, so we will pray and we'll let you know. They said, well, we need to know in two weeks. So when our family is asked something, we pray in specifics. So we decided that we would pray this prayer, that if it was God's will that we had him, the bedroom was, was there. I mean, we had a bed, but we needed a chest of drawers for him to put his things in. So we prayed that God would provide the chest of drawers. It would be from a friend, and it would be empty because we didn't want it to be an imposition on anybody. So the first week went by, and I was ironing, and I thought, well, I'd better get on this. I haven't heard any word from God yet. So I called my neighbor, and I explained her the situation, and I said, do you have a chest of drawers? She said, yeah, it's in the basement. It has my sewing things in it, and um, you're more than welcome to use it. So I hung up the phone, and I thought, that's not what I prayed. So another week went by, and I was driving home from a funeral with a very good friend, and it just dawned on me that the very next day I needed to let him know. So I just blurted out, I need to let them know tomorrow whether or not we're going to host this teacher, and I need a chest of drawers. And she immediately, without hesitation, said, I have one, and it's empty. (laughs) She didn't know my prayer request. She didn't know that I prayed that it would be empty. 
So he came to live with us, and one of the rules was that he needed to go to church with us if he lived in our home. So he started going to church with us. He even went to BSF. He became a Christian. Wow. And when he left, all of us cried, and my dog even mourned. (laughs) And he... What we learned from that was God had a plan, and we just needed to get on board. Mm. Yes, yes. Wow. So God wanted you to take the leap of faith and invite a communist. Exactly. Wow. Do you have a designated place that you go to each day to pray? Some days, yes, but not not always. I kind of like pray everywhere. Mm -hmm. I pray in the morning just when I get up. I pray all during the day and a friend of mine um probably a couple years ago now we decided that at noon we would set an alarm and that we would pray for each other's family Mm -hmm. i pray for my family and her she prays for her family and mine and on tuesdays two other friends we text each other prayer requests and um pray for each other and and like i said before my apple watch reminds me to pray three times a day so that's uh that's what i do but I also, people would see me at church or they'd see me and they'd say, well, Sharon, would you pray about this for me? And I, I would forget. Mm-hmm. And then I would feel guilty. So several years ago, I started keeping a prayer journal. Um, and when people asked me to pray for them, I'd put the request in there and then I'd date it. And then I would also put an answer and date it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was so much fun to go back and see how God answered those prayers. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. And and at the end of each day, my husband and I started this several years ago, too. We pray together out loud, and that's a great way to learn each other's heart. So it sounds like there are several different times during the pray, during the day that you pray. What about do you pray before you get out of bed in the morning? Uh, most days. <laughs> or if I don't pray when I get out of bed, I pray shortly thereafter. Okay, so it's a constant communication with the Lord, it sounds like. It really is. What about I mean, before you go to bed at night? That's when my husband and I pray together. Wow. So. Well, Sharon, this is exciting. I, I love talking about the prayer lives of, of people. We've got to take a short break. We'll be right back with our chat. We're back with the chat, and I'm speaking with Sharon Maurer. And Sharon, we were just talking about your prayer life. There are still some things that I would like to know about. Are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself each day? Yes, I pray that I will see the opportunities to serve, to serve him. And I also pray that I'll be flexible with my schedule because every day, anybody that knows me, I make a list. And I I need to go with his list, not my list. So that's kind of what I pray for every day is to just be aware of what he wants me to do and watch for opportunities to serve him. Mm. That's important to be ready to go with his flow, not your flow. Exactly. And he's changed my flow several times. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who go with his flow, yeah, he changes our flow quite often. If God could only answer two prayers for you, what would they be? The number one is salvation for my unsaved family members. Uh, Most of a large percentage of our family are Christians, but there's there's unsaved ones. And so my prayer would be for their salvation. And another prayer I would have would be wisdom to serve him. Mm -hmm. Wisdom for me. How do you want me to serve you? 
Mm. Yes, yes. And that's important to pray that each day so that it will be in the forefront of our minds to know that we want to be witnessing for him. Just show us how you want us to do that. Let's talk about your devotional life now. What does your devotion time consist of? I usually try to do it pretty early in the morning. I have a devotion that I'm using now, and actually I've used it for several years. What is it? It's Jesus Calling Mm. and -hmm. Jesus Always Mm -hmm. by Sarah Young. Um, I just love the way she writes. I just love her devotions. And um, so that's what I'm using. And actually, like I said before, that's what I've used for the last three years. Mm. But it's fresh. It's not the same as it was last year. I mean, when I read the day, it speaks to me for what's going on in my life right now. So it's I still get so much out of it. Is there anything else you do during devotional time? Like, do you read yes, scriptures? I, what yes, else do you do? read scripture, and I listen to Southern Gospel, at least a couple songs, because music it speaks to me. The kids used to say, I always had Christian music on or the or gospel station on, and they would come home from school, and they'd say, oh, Mom's got her music on again. <laughs> but it speaks to me. I mean, it, it speaks to my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why WYGS so is Im- it's so important to our community. Absolutely. Because there are so many who are spoken to. The Holy Spirit uses the music on that station to speak to our hearts and encourage us. And it does help us along in our walk with Christ. Do you have a life's verse, Sharon? Well, actually, I've had several life verses. It's according to what season I am in my life. But one of the first life verses I had was we were going to a Methodist church and we had a revival twice a year. We had revival in the fall. We had revival in the spring. And this particular evangelist had us recite Jeremiah 33, 3 every single night at the beginning of the Mm. service. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So by Tuesday night, we all knew it. So Wednesday morning, I had, uh, actually it was BSF, and I had a luncheon afterwards. So I had asked my next door neighbor if she would watch my daughter and help her cross the highway. We were right across from the school, but there was a highway. And obviously my kindergarten was not allowed to cross the highway under any circumstances without an adult. Kindergarten dismissed. My daughter walked to the highway, and she waited, and she waited, and she waited. And there was no neighbor. So she said to me, Mommy, I was just about to cry. And I remembered Jeremiah 33, 3. Oh. Call on me and I will answer you. So I did and he did. Oh. And she went to the neighbor and obviously she was just devastated that she'd forgotten her and looked at the clock and she'd stood there for over an hour. Wow. Being obedient to what we told her when nobody was watching. Let me let me back up. Whenever she quoted the scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3, the very next car stopped. A lady got out, walked up to her and said, little girl, do you need help crossing the highway? The very next car. So Tracy knew that that was God answering her. And I think later that night when I was getting her ready for bed, she said to me, mommy, he's always by the phone. And I thought, you know what? Sometimes kids have more insight than we do. Yes. Hmm. Wow. So wow. that became a life first. And then just um, three years ago, 
my mother was dying and I had her in the emergency room and I was sitting there and I said to her, mom, I'm worried about you. And she goes, well, why? And I said, because I'm going to heaven and I want you to be there with me. And she didn't answer. So they admitted her and during her hospital stay, whoever was staying with her, she wanted them to pull up the chair and sit right beside her and hold her right hand 24-7. And I finally said to her, Mom, we can't be here and hold your hand constantly. But there's somebody that can, and that's Jesus. And so I went home, and I shared with my husband, and I thought, I've got to figure out a way that 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 can happen. And so I have a friend that for my birthday every year, she gives me a cross. And I just glanced over at him, and I thought, that's it. I'll take those crosses to Mom. And so I said to God, well, I need something to go with this. I need a scripture. And he gave me Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. So the next day I took my verse and the crosses to my mom. I told her, I said, mom, you know, this cross represents Jesus. And and if you hold this, it's like him holding your right hand. And so she said, well, give me that one. So I give her one. And she said, oh, that doesn't feel good. Give me another one. So she picked out the cross that suited her best. And she held it for her last month of life, never let go of it. And when my sister asked her, Mom, why are you going to heaven? She said, because of my Christ. So we knew that she got it. Mm-hmm. And the night she died, when I took the cross out of her hand, she had three ulcers mm-hmm. where she had held the cross. Three mm-hmm. ulcers. Mm. Wow. So that was our life verse for a while. Yes, yes. Two important scriptures you've just met. So fitting as to what was going on in your life at that time. Well, do you have a favorite book in the Bible? I mean, I, I think I do at times, but I don't because I'll, then I'll read it and I'll study something else. I'll say, this is so great. You know, if we're studying... Genesis and BSF, that's my favorite book. Mm-hmm. Or if we're studying Matthew, I'm thinking, how can I lot love this? Matthew, I did think that Matthew was my favorite for a long time. Because if you have a red letter Bible and you see how mm-hmm. much Jesus talks to us in Matthew, it's a lot. He tells us how to pray. He tells us how. To, but to say I have a favorite, I love them all. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, Sharon, we all should be like that. All the books of the Bible should be our favorite. I think it's kind of like I sometimes tell my kids, it's kind of like having a baby. The newest one is your favorite, but then you think about all the other ones right. that, you, that you have. Right. So, uh, so yeah. Do you have two favorite biblical accounts? I Yes, I can think of two that I really like. Um, Paul has always meant so much to me. Um, to think that he was Saul and that he actually probably murdered some Christians, put him in prison, um, and then on the road to Damascus, God just struck him down and he was blind. And to, when you read the whole thing of that, it's he went to arrest all these, you know, Christians and um, became blind and. In the end, you know, the scales fell off. He could see again. He, um, And I personally think, and I think it's scriptural, that, that Paul carried Jesus to us, the Gentiles. I mean, he, he's the reason that we 
were included. And so I always absolutely just loved reading about him and all of the books of the Bible that he wrote. But when I think about that, that in, after Damascus, he came to arrest people, but he baptized. I mean, what a change. How different was that? Mm. And three, um, in 2018, uh, our church decided they were going to retrace the footsteps of Paul. So we signed up for that, and we went to Athens. We went to Corinth. We went to Ephesus, Crete, all the places that Paul went. And I think the most moving for me was we went to Mars Hill mm-hmm. and stood where he preached. And it just brought what I loved about that story, that biblical account, to life because I was actually there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite women in the Bible? Yes. When I think about Ruth, I think about it just it makes me think of love and loyalty Mm. because thinking about she was going with her mother-in-law to a place that she didn't know anybody, didn't know anybody, anything. And she was willing to do that and had and said, where you go, I will go where you stay. I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. I mean, I think of the, the faith and just the, the loyalty that that, that took and went to Bethlehem. And, and, and it, I used to think that the, you know, her mother-in-law, think about the jokes that we talk about mother-in-law. It probably wasn't any different back there, back then. And then the love that she showed her to the point that she was poor and gleaned in the fields. And then the st- love story, I read a novel once about Ruth and it was fiction and nonfiction because it used the biblical scripture, but it also told the love story between Boaz and Ruth. And then she ends up being in the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, that's just, um, I love that story. Have you had a mentor in your life, at least one along the way? You've been serving the Lord many, many years. I've had a lot of mentors. Actually, I started in BSF in the 70s, and the discussion groups were my mentors. I mean, we pray for each other. We have prayer requests. And, but now I'm in a reunion group that I've been in for 27 years. And we definitely are mentors to each other. We pray for each other, support each other, encourage one another. We keep each other accountable. Even our small group, we are mentors to each other. So, And there again, my husband is, I'll run everything past him because he's honest with me. And he'll say, that's probably not a good idea, or think about what God says about this. So he mentors me also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How important mentors are in our life. What are some things mentors have taught you in your relationship with Christ and how to walk with him? They have just taught me that you stay, you stand, you stand firm. You go to scriptures if you're concerned about something. The answer is there. God will speak to you, whether it's through a person, scripture, a song. That's what they've done. I mean, they told me to remain faithful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you been a mentor to anyone? I have. We have some mentoring in our church, and they asked my husband and I to be marriage mentors, and we took uh, classes to do that. And right now we're marriage mentors. But I've also been approached and asked if I would be an individual and the women's team, women's mentor, which I did. And it's, oh, the relationships you make are just fantastic. And we're just, we love each other. Well, Sharon, this is good news. Good news. Good to hear 
about how you're active in the lives and you've been asked to be active in the lives of others, be mentors to them. We need to take a short break, but we'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Sharon Maurer. We're talking about uh, her prayer life and devotional life and just different things about scriptures and so forth. Now, Sharon, I'd like to ask you about your struggles in life. When we become Christians, that does not mean that our struggles end. So I know you have had struggles. Will you tell us about those? Yes. The biggest struggle that my husband and I have had is with starting a family. With my first pregnancy, I had a daughter, and she was premature, and she only lived a few hours. With my second pregnancy, I had another daughter, and she just lived a short time also. So with my third pregnancy, they said, you need to have surgery to try to help you carry the baby. And after three months, I was on total bed rest. Mm. So actually, during this time, I had another life verse. I had Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Mm. So every day I prayed that prayer. God, give me a baby that will survive. Add a blessing to our life. And so... I did have a daughter, and she was fine, and we had our little blessing. So then when she was a toddler, I became pregnant again. Well, this meant that I had to be on bed rest. Mm. So that was very difficult because as soon as she would wake up, I would call the babysitter, and the babysitter would come and watch her while I laid in bed. It's one thing to have a babysitter whenever you're gone and you give them instructions and you trust that they do what you ask them to do with your children. But to actually be home and see someone else Mm -hmm. raising your child, that was very difficult for me Mm -hmm. because there were times when I didn't agree with what was going on, but I needed to be in bed. So I ended up having a C-section and we had a little boy and he developed a lung issue and died the next day. Mm -hmm. But the biggest blessing we received through all this is four years later, we were blessed with our son through adoption. Mm. So it ended. We were blessed with the son. So you adopted. You have two of your own. More in heaven. Oh, you have. Oh, oh, we have more in heaven. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We had Tracy, our daughter, and then we had our son that we adopted. Mm -hmm. But yes, you're absolutely right. We had three in heaven. Wow. Well, during those times of struggle with having children and death of children and so forth, did God bring a particular song to you to minister to you or even through the years in walking with Christ? Has there been a song that God has revealed himself, encouraged you, uplifted you? Uh, Yes, and there's also a story that goes with this song. I was outside playing with our son. And he was riding his big wheel, if you remember what big wheels were like, and the phone rang. So I went, and it was close to the back door, so I thought, oh, I can answer that. So I went inside to answer the phone. Well, when I came back outside, he was nowhere to be seen. Mm. And we live on, at the time, there was, we have three homes on a private driveway, so it was pretty safe. Everybody watched out for everybody's children, and it was pretty safe. But when I got outside, I could not find him, so... Usually I would go to the right because that's where our good uh, friends lived, and they babysit for him. 
But something just told me, go left. And so I went left. And then I had this sense of urgency, and I just started running. And the third house down from us, there was a pond at the, at the edge of their property. And it's dark and overgrown and not taken care of. And when I got to that pond, I saw his big wheel. I knew that he was there somewhere. And I just said out loud, Jesus, you need to show me where he is. And I looked around again, and he was coming up. I jumped in the water and got him out. And even when we took him to the hospital later that day, there wasn't any water in his lungs. So God had just got me there in the, in the right time. And I wondered, I thought, well, he didn't know about this water. But as I was going in the house, the little boy, neighbor boy, came in and asked him, you want to go throw rocks at the ducks? So that's what they were doing, you know, little boys throwing rocks at the ducks and just fell in. But while I was at the hospital, that morning in BSF, we had saying, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand hath provided. And God provided mightily for me when I asked him to show me where my son was. Let's listen to the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by Thine own dear 
What a wonderful song God gave to you the morning before that accident occurred. Wow, powerful, powerful. In closing, I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to say something those who are listening can be encouraged and uplifted by. Is there anything that God has laid on your heart? Will you speak? Well, first of all, um, thank you for listening. I hope that you're blessed by this chat, as I have been the last several weeks, listening to the different stories for people. And I just want you to know that God knows whatever struggle you're going through. He knows the hurts. He knows the disappointments. And he loves you. And he will walk through you. And he will hold your right hand because he's promised he would. So just trust him and allow him to take care of you. And And if you don't know him, my hope is that that you will that you will accept him. Don't wait like my mother did on your deathbed and just trust him. And I just thank you again for just listening. Will you pray with us? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we're just so grateful that we have a Savior. I'm just so grateful that you're with us and that you walk through this life with us and that you just have given us all these promises and all these verses that we can cling to. I just pray that you're with all the listeners that listened this morning and that you just be their comforter as you've been mine. And I just thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for coming to chat with me today, Sharon. It's been an absolute pleasure. You have been a blessing and to me, but also to those who are listening today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. 